there is certain stuff that, you know, the system, if you will, does not want you to know about. And a lot of this has to do with, I mean, and proper meditation and breath work. Fundamental, the things that should be fundamentals in life taught from a very young age are not taught to us. The Move Entrepreneur Evolved Podcast. Get on it. And I'm pumped because we're back with a guest that we had before. This has became a good friend of mine, someone that has taken a journey that I've taken as well. And not only uh, of that, I've also um, been proud to see his growth. So in this podcast today, we get to bring back my great friend, Sal Stefano. How you doing, buddy? (laughs) Jason, how's it going, my man? Dude, it has been a minute. The last episode (laughs) we did. You were the first episode that we did in person. I remember, I remember you still got that mic. <laughs> mm-hmm. I still got the mic. And then uh, we had a, uh, believe it or not, we're on, uh, I think you might've been episode 10 or 11 or something, or maybe even earlier than that. Um, but uh, I've only had one other in person, so it keeps you special. Um, but I'm pumped to have you back, man. You always got good energy, probably come up with some good stories here, but I'm going to, I'm going to open this up, man. I'm going to just like crack this code here and I'm going to start with, I'm going to tell a story real quick. Sal has not only transformed himself, but not only that, uh, started in the, um, the marketing agency world and then worked himself through Cairo in the space of uh, lead generation. And so through these conversations, we're going to be going through some of that stuff and also living in Thailand, which you know that that's really all I ever want to talk about is fighting in, in Thailand. But we get to talk about business too. <laughs> so, hey, man. Hey, you know, get, one day you'll get to talk about the glory days. I'll, 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 oh, I'm trying to talk about them right now. That's exactly what I'm trying awesome. to do. Right. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's nothing wrong with the glory days and talking about those. As long as you still got glory days to come and you know that, then you're working towards future glory days, you know? You don't lose track of that. You know, you're living in Thailand right now. And, um, you know, Thailand has a really big heart, uh, a place in my heart. And it's the land of smiles. And you really do learn how to be nice to people. I think that there's something about that culture. Um, but maybe you share a little bit about why you left. Why'd you go to Thailand? I mean, you were running a business, Cairo business. And then one day you called me up and you said, hey, Jason, what do you think about Thailand? And I was like, well, you know what I think about Thailand. <laughs> so why don't you tell me a little bit about what that journey was about, why, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And before I get into that, you know, talking about the land of smiles, I mean, that's, that's the biggest reason why I'm here, just the culture, you know, the energy, people are just so friendly. Um, of course, you know, you got your, you know, crazies and your assholes everywhere. Um, speaking of which, you know, coming to Thailand, that's one thing it's done for me. You know, it's, it took me from being like a complete asshole to just like kind of a jerk to now like maybe just a little bit annoying sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. you, know, to, you know, to people in business and around me and you know how it is, um, you know, being an entrepreneur, like, you know, there's something inside of you that has to be a little neurotic, a little bit nuts, crazy, you know, if you will. Uh, if you look at the greatest entrepreneurs in life, we all have that inside of us, right? And that's what drives us. It's like this push-pull that's in a lot of us, right? And so it's like we have this drive inside of us that we know that, you know, there's something, you know, special inside of us, that there's things that we've learned that we want to change the world. We want to help people. We have these crazy, big, huge, audacious dreams and goals. But then we also got like this other side, 
You know, some people might call it imposter syndrome, right? There's a million names for it, but it's this other side that like pulls you down. It's that shit, depression, anxiety. No, no idea what you're talking about. I've never been through in my entire life. Just never once, you know? Never been through that. Never, never. You know, it didn't start, you know, uh, my teens when my dad broke his neck and, you know, had to leave, you know, school and work two, three jobs and a million other things. But yeah, you know, stuff like that, right? You know, if anybody wants to go back and watch the episode, you really do tell a little bit. I remember the episode, quite frankly, you tell a little bit about your story. So if anybody looks this up, you can go back and really listen to your story, your personal story. We talked about a lot of that here at this exact table here. Um, You know, something that I learned in Thailand, which was so uh, valuable to me, um, is that it seems that there's a level of you can be whoever you want but you must have some respect. So body cop. And one of the things that you learn in Thailand quickly, and I say this in the nicest way, but anybody that's lived there long enough is that uh, everybody will be extremely kind to you more than you can imagine. You'll probably get to a point where like, this is kind of strange, but if you disrespect their King or you disrespect um, the culture or you do something and you get so drunk at the bar um, you will have a newspaper article written about you and it'll say man was hung, stabbed 77 times, suicide. <laughs> <laughs> so the you moral know? of this story is, is at the level that we're at, I think in society is I think we still need to hold some respect for each other. And I think in some of our society, we, we kind of through the internet and things like that. And I definitely don't condone that idea, <laughs> but I will say that we, we have come to a place that disrespect is kind of okay because there's a screen in front of us. And um, I think it's kind of an interesting place in our world. Yeah. And, you know, and I'd agree with you a lot of what you just said there, but you know, that being said, Jason, you know, things have changed a bit probably since the last time that, when was the last time that you were here? I don't know. It's been a year, a few years. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, is it's still there. You still have like, you know, in the, you know, the go to movie theater, you know, everybody rises just like we do for the national anthem for the president. And, you know, generally that's there. Um, what's been going on here from what I've seen and talking to locals and media, like there is like this, like surgeons, you know, going on against that, you know, they got their own politics, you know, to put it simply, right. Just like we do in the States. So you got a couple groups of people, you know, those, you know, most of the people in Thailand, you know, completely for, but then like you got the other side and it's starting to, it's kind of like, you know, how you're having all the progressive movement, you know, in the U S and the, you know, we can get into all that stuff, but you know, that's not the point of today's conversation, but sure. the same stuff's going on over here. And so let's just say that while there is like the stuff in the articles and everything, it's probably to, a, I would say potentially to a lesser degree in, in certain areas, at least. You know, in Thailand, at least the ones that I've been around, compared to probably how it was before, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, um, basically, Western civilization is destroying everything, including over here. <laughs> oh, no. I hope not. I hope Yeah, unfortunately, man. It's, uh, but not. it's it's not nowhere near the same degree. I kind of look at Thailand over here as like, it's almost like how things were in the U.S. like 10, 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago, depending on what aspects. Um but, you know, as far as like what your money's worth, for example, you know, it's a, 
it's uh, it, depending on what you're buying, you might get two, five, ten times more, you know, what you yeah. would, you know, here in the U.S. And so, I mean, that's honestly one of the reasons why I'm here too. It's like if I'm making money online, and I've been doing this for 15 years now, you know, on and off different businesses, and you know, half of them been online businesses. It's like, why not? do what I say I always was going to do and travel the world and, you know, go live somewhere where the exchange rates were great. And this was like what I wanted to do 15 years ago. And that's how long it took me, Jason, um, before I got to this point. And one of my biggest regrets, you know, and I don't really have any regrets because like you learn so much from everything you've been through. And so maybe that's not the right word, but if I could like tell myself like 15 years ago, I would have just like, dude, don't worry about it. Don't be scared. Like, it's amazing. Just get out live your life, meet other people, understand that the, what we're taught and how we're raised, like that's just not how it is everywhere in the world. And there is, you know, freedom in other places in the world and not just Thailand, but a lot of other countries. And so, dude, I love the U.S. I love everything it stands for. Like, I love the constitution, but, you know, I mean, you'd have to be a fool to say that the U.S. today is the same as when it was founded or even heck a hundred years ago, 50 years ago, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, unfortunately, you know, that's where we're at, you know, that's the ebb and flow of time and history and revolutions. And, you know, once again, like, that's not the purpose of this conversation, but it's like, that's, you know, that's kind of, um, fortunately, you know, what happens. And so that's where we're at in today's society. And for me, I think one of the most important things I've learned, and I'm currently uh, writing a book about this, you know, my experience of, you know, you know, just my early childhood, which we talked before, and then going into, you know, entrepreneurship and then working remotely from a young age and then like taking a break from being burnt out and super stressed. And I mean, back then, you know, suicidal to the point, right? It was just it was tough, you know, and which brings me to like how I came to Thailand, right? So for me, um, you know, it was about a year and a half ago. I think I was at my worst, which was as far as like physical health. I was about 350 pounds. Um, I stopped weighing after like 330, 335. So could have been a little bit less, could have been a little bit more. Um, the point is, is a, like, you know, I remember it was a point like I was just, and there was other things, you know, I was doing wrong, you know, just drinking too much, smoking, you know, too much, you know, freaking dabs, bro. Right. That shit will wreck you, dude. And, but that's and what dab, happened to me. Like, dabbing weed is pretty my, intense. Yeah. And so dude, I was doing that almost every day for five years, man, at one point in my life. You know, I stopped that a couple of years ago, but, uh, or about a year and a half ago. But the point is, like, dude, like, I was literally bleeding out everywhere. My throat always hurt. I always had acid reflux from all the junk, you know, but, you know, I gained a lot of weight, you know, after COVID. That just went really, you know, jumped up, just, you know, ordering, you know, food all the time, right? Work remotely, being the computer, stress levels, cortisol. And next thing you know, like you go from being 180 pounds, you get into business and all of a sudden, dude, I almost, I, wow, I never even thought about it like that. I literally more than doubled my weight in about five years of becoming an entrepreneur after taking a break for several years and just, you know, doing sales, marketing, other different things, um, further businesses that didn't have as much, I guess, responsibility and emotional, you know, capacity to be able to do the job. I think that's like one thing we always like kind of, or at least I sometimes forget about. Like I have the, maybe the knowledge to do something, you know, I have the ability, you know, the drive, but then what happens is, is you forget about all the other parts of your life. Right. So you're building these business, you know, you're 
getting it to hundreds of thousands of dollars. You're, you get a business up to you know seven figures, right? Um, but then you realize like, and I realized this with the tower company I worked for, which was like the highest grossing company, you know, that I ever had the you know pleasure of working with other guys to build. Um, but with that company, dude, I was, like I said, I was on my 300 something pounds, negative 20 degrees, climbing towers in Minnesota, hated, dude, I asked myself when I was on top of that, I was like, what did I do wrong in my life to be here, God? Like, what did I do? Like, and like, I can't blame anybody because I'm up there because I decided to get into a business doing this crazy stuff because of, you know, because the money was good. Um, and there's actually a little bit more of a story to that. I didn't start out climbing towers. I started drones, but, you know, it's brand new technology. People didn't, you know, want it. We had a hard time selling it. So we decided just to do the traditional stuff, you know, that paid, you know, that had multi-million dollar contracts, you know, that you win every year. And, you know, it was great for that part. Except for when you realize that you made like, let, you know, 10% net profit, you know, you're paying yourself only a few grand and then yet you have a seven figure business. Right. And so, Long story short, in a matter of a few years, I went from that to owning a gym, you know, helping, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, helping the gym blow up locally in Minnesota um, to getting back into, you know, agency work and, you know, um, you know, Hustle Bay, where we, you know, we partnered up. We both had a couple of clients. We, we decided to partner up, uh, we formed, you know, Social Marketing 180. And then, you know, over a course of like two and a half years or so, took it from company where we were each making maybe, you know, five grand a month to you know, business that at its peak, it was doing like 92, I think did 92,000 a month in reoccurring revenue. But, and yeah, dude, it was insane. And we had like, up to like 30 contractors working for us full time in Philippines with Filipinos let's, overseas. Let's, let's, with, let's, 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 let's see if we can kind of pull that back a little bit because you have a lot of good nuggets in there. Um, what is it you think? And obviously this is a passion of mine. I mean, this is kind of what my product does. It's kind of like at the end of the day, what do you think? it was that you connected that being healthy and running a successful business, both of those mattered. Yeah. So it's so hard for me to like give like simple explanations. Cause like I always want like there's always such a big backstory to it, but to condense this, um, you know, very shortly. And once again, my ADHD is kicking a little bit, Jason, can you just repeat that question one more time? <laughs> what, what I was saying is that um, many times uh, business owners, and, and I've never really shared this because it never really sounds like it comes off right. <laughs> it doesn't come out right at all. And it didn't come out right at all at the time. And I actually got busted for it. So I'll kind of share the story a little bit, but I, I sold cars and my uh, manager name was Ed, Edward. And um, there was three other managers and they all came inside and I sat down and they were all sitting there and I was probably entertaining these guys at the time. You know, I was a young kid telling stories that probably didn't happen, but maybe they did happen. Right. So we're all hanging out or having a good old time. And then, and then they leave and I'm sitting there and I'm sitting in the chair and I look over and I go, Hey man, um, I, I don't mean to like be mean or anything, but you guys are all making good money and you all you think, but why is everybody fat? <laughs> And I didn't mean I'm not it maliciously. The fact that they're fat, because I know how that is. But you know, it's. I mean, it's, I, I didn't. It's, it's, I, I didn't happen sometimes. I didn't mean it maliciously. It wasn't an intention. My thought no. pattern was, 
that if you're, you're such doing... a jerk, Jason, what the heck? What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, oh I my mean, gosh, it... dude, you're such a fatophobic. What <laughs> dare you, bro? You're Mr. But, skinny. Well, I, I, I always I always say, how dare you? <laughs> I, but I always say the muscle that I have to gain is just as hard as people that have to lose weight. People don't believe that, but I'm I'm a very thin body. I don't believe so I you, have... but I still love you. It's all right. <laughs> I do. I have to earn. <laughs> I get it, every... dude. It's the hormones, bro. It's the hormones. That's why people so, think I'm so crazy me... when I tell them that fasting will help them even if they're skinny because it helps reset your hormones. I think I'm absolutely nuts, man. I think I'm absolutely nuts, you know? But... Yeah. So, so what ended up happening is I ended up talking with – um with him. And he kind of could tell that I wasn't being a jerk. I was just like, why is all these things so good? But why aren't we, why aren't you taking care of yourself? And it kind of, it just bothered me in a sense, like you're making 200 grand a year. You're a manager, you're doing well. Like, like your health is important. Like you, you look like you're going to croak and you're only 48 years old. And it just, I think there was empathy, but it also, as a young kid, probably was like, ah, why you this like fat? That evening, or maybe the next day, uh, there was a, there was a party at someone's house. And I go to the party. It was a it was a work party and everything like that. And we're having some drinks, hanging at it. And the manager comes up. He goes, "Hey, everybody! Jason wants to know all the heads of everybody. Why is it that we're all fat?" And I was like, <laughs> "All right, I, all right, you got me. You pinned me down." But but my point is, is not so much to ever shame anybody for who they are, but to ultimately bring to a place where you got to a point where you said. My health is as valuable as my business, and both of them have to be a part of my life. When Bro, was that's that? Bullshit. That's bullshit because Whoa, my health is bullshit. way more important than the business, <laughs> dude. dude. Sure. I I closed but, down this the, the business because of my health. You know, yeah. After buying it from my partner, I just decided, dude, it's enough. Like It's not worth it. It's not even – wasn't even necessarily about – the physical health at that point because at that point which was not even too long ago i mean I, dude that was last week right i got to a point where and jason you understand you know you've built companies you know to great success man you know we've had our different you know stories we've talked back and forth here over the years sure and those who listen to your podcast know and me and you both know it's never been about the money except for the time that it absolutely was about the money because it had to be about the money because that was the only choice you had in life at that time or at, that you thought. At least for me, that's what it was. And I know even though no, everybody necessarily hasn't been in that circumstance, you know, we all know people that have, right? And so it's, for me, I just got to a point though where I never saw like, like I, I didn't know when to stop. I didn't realize that I wasn't in survival anymore. I didn't realize that I wasn't in poverty still. I didn't, you know what I'm saying? Like there's just nothing that never snapped in my brain. And then once you start making money on top of that, you know, dude, it gets, it gets addicting in a lot of ways, but then you also get stuck sometimes, right? Especially when you have, when you do things, when you learn how not to do things, right? Or you learn how to, to do things better in business, right? And so for me, it's like every time I start a business, there's a lot of stuff I learned I did wrong. And then every time like I either, you know, close down that business because like I just don't want to deal with it anymore because it's like, man, like this business sucks. I hate what I created. Doesn't matter the money that I made. Um, and I've done that a few times in my career, especially when I was younger, you know, got to a point where it just affected my mental health, right? That was the first thing 
that business affected before it got to my weight, you know, ever was the mental health piece. And so the point is, is you bring all this stress, you put it all together, right? And all of a sudden, you know, your brain's jacked up, which most people who get into entrepreneurship to begin with by societal terms and, you know, um, the, the psychiatric systems, and the medical systems, you know, they'll say that, you know, these people are nuts, right? You know, like, you know, that's why, you know, most entrepreneurs, man, they're, I believe, you know, I could be wrong, I'm not a statistician or whatever, but last time I checked, entrepreneurs have, if not the highest, one of the highest, you know, rates, you know, of, you know, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, you know, suicide, depression, you know, um, bipolar, like, you know, all these different labels, right? Anybody who listens, like guys like, like Grant Cardone, for example, you know, knows his story, you know, labeled all these things, told him never amount to much, but got to do now, you know what I'm saying? And so, but, so, you know, what we have is two sides here. You have, usually like there's something that happened to people like us when we were younger or something we've been through. Um, or we were just, you know, maybe born into a good family or, you know, family of business and all this stuff. And, you know, which I think those are rare, but usually you have something like that that happens. And then there's some kind of like defining moments in the people life where they just realize like, you know, like I need to make money to, and that's going to figure out my problems or at least get me out of this problem. And then they make enough money. And what happens is you make enough money to a point where it's like you're not hurting anymore but then you realize like once you hit these certain goals and hit these certain societal levels of successes that's when it like you know the depression and shit really hits because then you, you think that you're going to be happy with all this stuff and that it's going to change your life and that you're going to be able to help your family and you're going to help your friends it's like when you make your first million dollars in business then you realize shit i made fifty thousand dollars that year you're like what the fuck like how does that happen you know what i'm saying and then you realize that just so much of everything that you did in life to get to that point, it's like you, you did it the absolute hardest way that you possibly could when you could have just like, you know, gotten a job, learned, gotten paid to learn all this stuff and then did it yourself. But then again, dude, where's the reward in that, right? But getting to the main point here. And so that's what kind of causes this like jacked up mental health issue, especially combine that with working from home combine that with the news and the politics that's been happening in the last five years. And then, you know, my first long-term relationship ever, which now I'm together with my wife, um, you know, after seven years now, but all that stuff combined. Dude, I mean, I was almost in the point when I was in my early twenties, where it was just like, you know, I was done with everything. Um, but I'm not in my early twenties. I'm in my mid thirties. Now I've learned from when I was younger and I learned, Hey, all right, I learned that my body and my mind is telling me I can't do this anymore. That's why I have all these signs happening and all these things going on in my health. And that's when I decided, I was like, man, if I was able to do all this and this health, imagine like if I, my health was right, like imagine, you know, how much more I could do in business, how much more people I could help, right? But for me, it wasn't even so much that. The biggest thing that did it for me on top of everything else and my whole life, um, at least it feels like at least the last 15 years of my life, right? Um, I felt like I always like I pushed aside relate like being close to people in my life because of everything I've been through growing up, and then juggling running a business, 
and having all these, you know, um, dreams and goals. And it was like, there was, you know, I felt like it was okay for me to just worry about blowing up these businesses and making this money because that would solve all my problems. Cause I could just pay everybody, you know, to solve everything. And you know, that I'd be able to make it up to, you know, my wife now I'd be able to make it up all the time lost to, you know, my, uh, my brothers, my sisters, my cousins, my friends, you know, but the truth, what truth is like, that's the most important thing is your relationships with other people and your time. But we live in this world where everything is go, go, go. And like in the U S everything's super competitive. Like, you know, it's just, um, it's just not like that in the rest of the world. Right. And so once I had like that shift in my brain, um, it was pretty easy at that point. Cause then I was just like, you know what, I'm done. We get the, you know, and go. And so uh, I think it took me about, about a year, maybe a little bit. It was about a year, somewhere between like a year and a year and a half, you know, at that, at that point, I started just making like little tiny steps. Um, instead of like just trying to rush right away and, you know, do a million things to lose all this weight and try to get super healthy overnight. I was like, well, like it took me this long to get to this point. And so the best thing for me is to just take little baby steps. And honestly, like that's all that I could do is take baby steps because I was so sick and out of shape. I honestly believe if I wasn't in such a good shape when I was younger and then in my late twenties, like all the weightlifting and cardio and hit and training and stuff I've done, I, I probably would have died from all the abuse that I put on my body. Um, if not, ended up just straight up like in a loony bin or something, you know? Yeah. I was, um, I was living there in Thailand and maybe that, uh, you can experience this. I was running a call center. I also had a software business in India that I was helping manage. And during that time, um, I was living there in India, or I'm sorry, I was living in Thailand. And this is something maybe I would even suggest for you is that uh, there's a lot of areas that um, monks will do meditation with you. They'll teach you meditations, arts, and things like that. And what I found was that I had a, a, a monk named Tobias. And it kind of goes into the statement that you said that the Western world is acts a little bit different. And this comes out at almost like, like it's, it's almost like it's not real, but it almost seems like it's a movie. And Tobias was sitting in front of me and he just said, Hey, um, you know, I'd asked him this meditation and this calmness is really cool. It's nice. I can hear the, I mean, you hear frogs every single day. Um, but you know, you can hear the frogs and you can hear the birds and you could, the lizards are everywhere. And we're like in this little jungle and you're telling me to meditate. And I'm like, there's no tiger here. So I'm probably, I'm not afraid to get eaten by a tiger. So I live close to LA. I mean, I use that to the person. So, I mean, if I say San Diego or something, they're like, I don't know. Okay. But LA, everybody knows. And I said, you know, I was sitting, um, imagine I was sitting in the car and a guy cuts me off and like, people are assholes to you. Like, how do you handle that? And I'll never forget. He had a little bottle and it was a small little bottle, little water bottles. And I didn't know. And he was sitting there and he was taking the little cap off and I'm just talking to him, talking to him. And Tobias takes this cap, like a fucking movie man and he just throws it at my face and i like a like a movie out of like uh you know blood sport or something i literally swipe the thing across my face and knock it out and like some karate kid movie he looks me right in the eyes and he goes did you think about that and what he was teaching me was that we can live in peace that when it's time for war 
if you prepare for war, you will go to war. But you're not always at war. And I learned a lot of that through Thailand. And the reason is, is because you can walk down the street and you hear. And you're like, what is that? And you're like, that's one of the most ruthless Muay Thai gyms in the world. And people are ruthless. One of the hardest, you know, sports in the world. But they're sometimes the most peaceful. So I think there's a lot to learn out of the Thai culture. I think there's a lot to learn in the conversations that you just brought up. And I think that there's a lot to learn from understanding that we don't have to always be on, that we do have reactors that will take care of us. When you uh, kind of shifting it, yeah, man, kind of shifting it. I want to go back to the the Cairo business that you started. Cryo. Cryo. So we we mostly do cryotherapy and then, um, towards the end, we start working with more med spas, you know, things like that. But I want to so talk we, about you know, there was a time when you, um, I remember we had these very vivid conversations. You knew I had outsourced a lot and we had a lot of these conversations and you were like, man, you know, and next thing you know, you were hiring and you were outsourcing and you were building a team. What was your experience through that? And why did you decide to utilize world talent instead of just uh, talent that would have been, you know, maybe in the U.S.? What, what had you expand that? Yeah, so, well, my first time was probably was like 13, 14 years ago with my uh, first business uh, that I had, to like graphics, website, graphic design. And, um, you know, I, don't know, I just uh, started that a long time ago and then hadn't done it for a while, um, you know, before I made it. I didn't really know what I was doing. I, it was pretty like, you know, flip a, you know, flip quarter, right. You know, some, I mean, more like a 10 sided dice, not a quarter, you know, if it's going to be successful or not. Um, and so, you know, this time around, uh, you know, it was actually kind of a, an accident, um, that I got back into, you know, outsourcing, uh, overseas. Uh, the truth is, so we were, you know, working with somebody else in their program, and I'm not gonna get into all the details, you know, it's a good guy, I don't wanna throw him under the bus, you know, we've made amends. But long story short, we got into another industry outside of Crowder. We were getting assistance from somebody, you know, for booking appointments in that industry. And so, you know, so they kind of like got us started on that to help out. And then, you know, I think it was, um, then we were, you know, going through, um, you know, that process and we're getting things of, you know, uh, we had been like doing it for six months and I came across some of your courses and we started implementing some things there. And then before you know it, over the course of, you know, two and a half years or so um, with SM180 that, you know, we ended up, you know, going through a lot of different programs and really refining that recruiting, hiring and training process. So now where it's just like dead, super simple, you know, to hire somebody. And now for me, it's whether it's, at, you know, overseas or in the U.S., but the thing is, you know, you can hire people anywhere in the world for different tasks, right? But depending on what you want to get done and depending on what industry you're in, who you're serving, like what you're looking for, there's different places in the world to hire people. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, they'll have larger groups of population, for example, that understand the English language. But one of those places, you know, is the Philippines. It has its ups and downs there. Um but, you know, over time, you learn different things and different systems and processes to make sure that you account for those weaknesses of those areas. Um, and so for us, I mean, it really just was pretty, 
game, it was pretty simple. You know, at, at the beginning, you know, had to do with money. That was the first thing. Um, it just went back. I could be a lot cheaper to hire over there. And if I can get somebody who actually wants to work right now, because at that time, nobody wanted to work, you know, COVID, um, nobody, I don't got to explain it. Everybody here knows, you know, it's obvious. We all know this one. <laughs> right? I mean, it's the same reason, like most of us that work in digital realm, like a lot of, I don't say most of us, but a lot of us, you know, are expanding, you have been expanding outside the U.S. Um, you know, but for me, the biggest reason Stick with the, for us, the reason why 95% of our hires were out of the Philippines is because they're some of the most loyal, you know, dedicated people. They had their um, English, you know, taught very young from, you know, for, you know, since they started grade school, pretty much. Um, you know, not only that, but they're really big into the pop culture here, right? There's a lot of families there when, you know, their kids are young, babies, they're like, hey, watch American TV shows and all that. Remember, uh, interviewing somebody we didn't end up hiring them for the role because there were so many good applicants but i remember she was telling me that you know her mom would not list made her it would not her mom would not let her listen to read or watch anything that wasn't american mm-hmm. because she wanted her to understand it that well and she did yeah. you know and so there's so many people that you can hire over there that are just amazing on the phones that's why for i sure. hire other like i it wouldn't be my first choice for like technical things or creative things. Not saying that there aren't great people out there in the Philippines. There is. Um, but for me, like if you're trying to hire somebody overseas, you know, on the phone, you get amazing people over there in the Philippines. And this is something, you know, that a lot of people don't know, but guys, like you're, you only get what you ask for and what you know you want. And so if you make your qualifications very strict and you have a very tight hiring and recruiting process, you can get the top 1% of people there that English is their first language. Um, they can be expats. I mean, there's people that you can, that I've hired there over there that lived in the U S for 10, 15, 20 years, you know, yeah, but because well. with the Filipino, a lot of people don't understand this in the Filipino government, like with jobs and everything there, like the Filipinos are the first ones who get priority on jobs. So it's harder for, it's hard for expats to get jobs there. And so, for them, they're willing to take way less than they would in, you know, the U.S., the U.K., Australia, wherever, because the cost of living is so cheap there that living. they don't care. Because they're, if they're making, you know, eight hundred thousand, fifteen hundred, to depending on the job, I mean, they're gonna love it. I mean, we had, bro, there's people that we hire in the Philippines that they're making two, three grand a month plus, you know, four grand a month, right? When you convert all that over, oh. Dude, they're buying houses, flipping them, like buying cars, flipping them, like doing all this crazy stuff. You're like, oh my gosh, you're doing on that much money. And going back to why I'm in the title, and that's one of the reasons I'm like, okay, like dude, you're living better than I am. I'm the CEO of the company and I'm actually making pretty good money because we implemented profit first in this business, right? Which anybody who's implemented that knows how life-changing that is to finally pay yourself for once. But, and like, we make good money, you know, me and uh, my business partner, you know, we make six figures, you know, close six figures every year. Um, well, yeah, last two years from the business and it's like, they're almost like, like not almost like living a better quality life over there. Um, not quality life, but you know what I'm saying? Doing things that would, I, like, well, I think that what you're, what you're also saying is, is it, you, that they're able to separate themselves from the crowd. <laughs> and, and I think that one of the things that I love, I, I have a team in the Philippines, um, you know, and I, I've had them, some of these guys, five, seven, eight, nine years have worked for me. Um, 
And you were, you're right about loyalty. Um, you're right about um, some of the areas of creativity. Um, some of these, uh, my original, uh, it was kind of funny because I was looking through a magazine many, many, many years ago. And I saw a little place called Cloud Nine. Suragao is what it's called. And it's a surf spot in the Philippines. And I remember I was like sitting there, I was working for Harley Davidson at the time, but I was like, man, I would love to go surf this spot because it's awesome. It's a cool little spot. I was like, man, if I could go surf there. And then I'm like, if I can hire some people there, I think my bucket list is I go there and then I go surf Suragao. And I think that it was, you know, this very interesting way of how I found to the Philippines. Um, but I think that creativity, and the reason I say this is because there's a little area called Cebu. And Cebu has a lot of talent in Cebu. Um, I, they have the IT park um, in Ayala, and they've got a lot of talent that's there. Um, and then when you bring them on, one of the things, if and I'll just kind of say like this, is that one of the things that changed my entire model was having a weekly team meeting that was nothing about business. And the reason for that is because once you become a real person for some of that's maybe in the US or they're Canada, or you know, once you became that person, they feel like there's this gap that's filled and then you guys are the same and you're working together instead of this natural hierarchy that I think is a bunch of bullshit anyways. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you create a team that feels that they have intention and they feel like they're a part of something. Once you can capture that, I think you would agree that once you can capture that, it's like you can go anywhere because the loyalty is there, you know? Absolutely, man. It's the um, best people I've ever had the pleasure of working with. My only regret, man. Bro, you have no idea. Dude, I, I feel like I was such a dick sometimes, man. Like, not feel, like I was, man. Like I was just so unhealthy and my mind was just, you know, just so much pain all the time. And this isn't our excuses. It's an, expl it's an explanation. Um, you're also in a survival mode and, when you're, if that, you're in survival mode. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, you know, I wouldn't, it's not like I would, um, you know, cuss my team out. I wouldn't like, no. you know call them names or make fun, like no, nothing like that, man. But it, like, you know, I was known to being, you know, very assertive, very strong in my voice. Like there's times I would raise my voice and I mean, it, there's a couple, there's sometimes I've shouted, you know, and uh, sometimes um, it was over some pretty, pretty serious stuff. But from my experience, going back into things like breath work, you know, meditation, you know, learning some more, you know, of what they teach here on the Eastern side of the world. Right. Dude. Bro, it's been um, it's been life changing, and um, you know, it's I'm telling you, it's not what you think it is. It's not some like woo woo like pansy crap, dude. When it comes to breath work and meditation, that was like what I thought, dude. dude bro, like I, it, it, it gets intense, you know. And anybody who's like done some more intense, you know, breathing, like. And trust me, like I've wanted to meditate my whole life. I just couldn't, I never really understood it. It was always like mystic and then I could just never sit still with my brain and all this stuff, right? And everything going on in the ADD. So like I even, I don't even like using those terms. Um, I'm not like denying that there's not conditions, right? That people have in their brain. But I think it's very dangerous the way that society and the Western system as a whole, I mean, it's, it's for a reason, which once again, we don't got to go down the conspiracy, you know, through, there's a bunch of TikTok videos for that, you know. Um, the point is, man, is 
You gotta be very careful what you allow other people and more importantly, what you tell yourself, because that's what you're telling right. yourself every day. And I think it was um, Dr. Joe Dispenza. I heard it from him and you know, he's saying something like 90, 95%. And he's not the only one who says this, but 90, 95%, you know, of what you do every day, you don't really think about, it. you just repeat the same stuff over and over again, on autopilot. Right. And the stuff I started recognizing or if you go back to my face post, you can probably see that, you know, going way back to like October of last year, I really started talking more about it, you know, meditation and those sort of things and you know, awareness, right? I think for me, it's like awareness and mindfulness. It's kind of where it all started, which is right, you know, for meditation. I mean, that's, that's what meditation is about. But for me, it was just like very simple, like, hey, wait, why am I doing this thing? And for me, like, for example, with the whole, you know, weight loss, um, one of the things is just like eating slow. My whole life was just, blah, 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 you know, just stuffing stuff down my face, whether I, like, it's the way I ate, right? Mm -hmm. Everything, I realized everything in my life was a hurry. Like every, like pretty much everything consume, I couldn't consume. stand about my dad, I became. Ah, yeah. nah, nah, that's, when so, you, that's when you start getting to those sweet spots, right? I got, those, I got those daddy issues, you know? Got those hey, I go through, hey, I went through them too, man. <laughs> I went through too. I went through too. You know, one of the things I'll share kind of on this podcast is I'll, I'll kind of give what after many years, I'm many years into meditation. I teach meditation. Um, and here's the thing that I found where I try to remove the guru, the woo-woo, because the Western side was actually in competition between the church and the Eastern world on how am I going to get your attention? And growing up in, you know, the 80s or so, and, and that shows kind of a little, as I'm a little bit older, but in the 80s, you know, you, your churches didn't want, I mean, yoga started coming out and they're like, that's the devil. I mean, that was like some intense shit, man. I remember the church is literally saying that yoga is the devil and meditation is the devil. And so when you go through that process, it seems ridiculous now, but it made sense back then because it would be a distraction from what the goal would be. Now, what I learned was that as I had gone over and I lived there um, in these countries and studied meditation, what I found was that the final conclusion of meditation is really about just be just be and that is something that i could not understand either i'm thinking about the past and i'm trying to resurrect it into some stupid reason or i'm trying to project the future and think what's going to happen but meditation Bro, people is have these voices right and people don't have that dude like mm -hmm. isn't that crazy like i didn't i'm once again, you see stuff on Facebook just because you see it on Facebook, Instagram doesn't mean it's true. But, you know, I'll see something and then I'll go look it up, right? To mm -hmm. make, and then do my research to a certain degree, depending on what I'm looking at. But, okay, yeah, there's like, this is legitimate. And you talk to certain people and they're like, yeah, I don't, it's like, you just like do stuff on and you don't think about like what happened before. To, I, I don't know, like, I guess that's what NPCs are in video games. Like, I, I don't sure. know. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, think I mean, that I at the end of the a, day, what people say, are I don't looking mean that for. In a mean way, man. Like, no, I for just, sure. I just, I, I wish like my mind could be like that sometimes. Like just wake up, do whatever you know you need to do and boom, that's it. But also as an entrepreneur and a business owner, you're a natural revolter. If we like it or not, anybody that tries to start a business is revolting from something. 
I mean, I, I talk about the fighting world. Anybody that gets into fighting is a little screwed loose, man. You kind of look fucked up. There's something wrong. Why are you doing this? It's weird. But I think to conclude the concept of meditation is that if you were to look at kind of from your chin or let's say from your tailbone to the top of your head and it goes all the way to the top, but we only focus on the area that's in your head. And if we focus only in that area, what ends up happening with meditation is imagine that this line is like the size of a pen and it's in your head like this. And it's very thin when you don't have any meditation. And what happens is a thought comes over and it pings this little thing in your head and you go react. And then another thought comes in, it hits this pin that's in your head and you react. What ends up happening as you meditate more and more is that this pin starts to get thicker. And this, when somebody, when some thought comes in, the reaction becomes less. And so as you meditate, what you're really doing is coming back to center and just accepting those thoughts. And so as you do meditate, it's not a, the more and more, more I hear your story, it is not crazy to think that you're becoming kinder. It's not crazy to think that you're trying to solve things differently without reaction because you're building your mind to have a sense of don't react right away. I can stop for a second, then I can react. And it becomes very natural. Well, the, the biggest thing for me, and those are there's definitely some of the concepts I've learned, but I like I didn't I haven't heard you had it heard it explained the way that you specifically just said it there. Um, but I guess um, for me, when it comes to you know meditation, it's really just about understanding, or I've gotten to a level of understanding where. I don't have to force things in my life anymore mm-hmm. and that there's a ways to just attract what you want to you. Right. And that's another great I'm not conversation. Talking, it's like getting into the law of attraction, right? You hear about it, like the first time I heard about that and probably many people, especially in the U S uh, was probably the secret, right? Like, oh, what is this? But then, Oh, church, this is evil. You know, don't watch I remember this. That, and, man. and gosh, man, don't get me started about the church and good and evil. Like, dude, I'm a, I'm a baptized Christian. Right. But, and I've, you know, read through the Bible, different various terms, you know, 10, you know, 10 plus different times, different versions. I've studied back to the lineages. I've studied the different transcriptions, not just of that, but you know, other religious texts and stuff. Right. And the point is like, you can, I've, what I've come to realize is, no matter where you're at in the world, no matter what civilization you're at, everybody is saying the same things, but in different ways. And we're just so stuck in the way that the words that we use and the names that we use. And I'm, you know, people are going to want to try to crucify me this, right? Probably some Christians out there. But at the end of the day, like, God shows himself everybody out there in different ways different languages you know different forms different symbolisms and when we get to the point where we think that we know it all and we understand it all and once again even like you know you take scripture right i'm not saying there's anything bad about you know the bible right i'm not saying anything about that at all in fact it's a great book in fact if people listen to a lot of stuff and they'd be well off instead of just you know blindly mm-hmm. listening and being ignorant to what everybody else says about that 
Same thing with the Quran. Same thing, you know, with Buddhism. Same thing with Shintoism. Well, I think Taoism, the word you're looking for is values. Values. Right. Values. And so when yeah. you when you study these things and you talk to different people and you learn these different cultures, you find like I like to call them like these golden strings and or strands of truth that they all speak about. And then that's what it's like when you study, like do like a research paper, that's how you start to understand what's true and what's not is when you find these strings of truth that come together. Right. And you find that supposed contradictions don't really contradict themselves in the right context. But then you have to understand like when these books were written and the people that lived at the time and what the, the words meant at that time. And then on top of that, dude, you got people throughout all of history that are changing what these words say, you know, things are said in these different scriptures and religious docs. It's not just the Bible. It's all of them. Because there is certain information that, that once again, I don't want to go down to go make the conspiracy theorists <laughs> crazy, but there is certain stuff that, you know, the system, if you will, does not want you to know about. And a lot sure. of this has to do with, I mean, and proper meditation and breath work. Fundamental, the things that should be fundamentals in life taught from a very young age are not taught to us. Right. In fact, like we're given the opposite. Dude. We're just given poisons that are going to prevent us from ever understanding this stuff to truly understand. Like, you know, and, and once again, this is not something I can tell you who it is. You can't nobody can tell you who God is, but yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to understand what that is. And so I'm not going to get into an explanation about who, you know, God is and how that word even came. And that's a whole sorry, man. You're just getting me excited because this is. um a subject that is very important to me because I've always like been, I guess, what you consider like a truth seeker. Like tr the truth is like always what's been important to me. And like that to me is like, is what's worth fighting for and standing up and, you know, doing the right, it, to me, it's like the right thing, right? Otherwise you're living a lie. And so, you know, which could pretty much gets me to another point about, you know, business and another reason why, you know, shut down the agency. Dude, I got tired of just making people freaking money for the sake of making them money. And people never, I should, I don't want to say I could complain. I have a, a lot of great clients, you know, and for the most part, they're, you know, they're, they're great. They're thankful. They're appreciative. But what tends to happen is, you know, you're only as good as your last result, right? You know, yeah. if, if the month before sucked, it's your fault. You're, you're terrible. Your company's trash. You know, once again, not everybody's like that. But then next month later, oh, you guys are awesome. You guys are amazing. You know, and it's just like there's so much involved in business. And one of the things that, you know, the downside, one of the cons of a done for you service, especially when you're doing what we did, just generating all the leads. We were, you know, booking all the appointments, like following up with them all, calling them, texting them, emails, you know, all that stuff. Use high level like everybody else. But we built our own call center system out of high level, you know, and our own back end reporting. That's besides the point. So as we're doing that, we're booking stuff directly into a lot of people's systems, a lot of their own CRMs, which a majority of our clients, we couldn't even do that because we couldn't get the support from the actual franchise itself to give us the integrations, even though being like partners and all this stuff, it was just a one-sided relationship the entire time. And so we, we worked with like a lot of franchisees, right? But then the corporation would put all these rules on us and all this red tape and want all this extra stuff from us. And dude, they weren't paying us an extra penny for anything. You know what I'm saying? So there's a and misconnect. So I think you're saying there's a misconnect um, 
I think this is pretty common. I think that business owners, let's say it's whatever that service is. I think that they, I think that there's a misconnection where, um, when you hire someone, you want them just to do it and you're done. And in, in reality, the, those that actually make it are the ones that also invest with the agency and they have conversations with them. And you say, well, how can I make this better? And I think that what you're bringing up too, if anybody actually owns a business and watching this and you're going to work with an agency, you're better off trying to learn what they're actually trying to do and then try to work with them at the same time to integrate into your business and then create the pressure. I mean, you don't need to get rid of the pressure, but at the end of the day, start to have an understanding of what goes on in cycles, understanding what goes on in, if you don't contact a lead within five minutes, you know, all of these rules that take place that if you don't take part in those, then the success is going to fail. There is a connection. There is a marriage. And I think that this is probably also the society sometimes that we're in, you know, just capitalistic, you know, give me the money and go from there. But we continue to realize that relationships are what it's all about. And if you can have a good relationship and you could be like, Hey, what happened there? And you're like, man, I don't know, but this is how I'm going to fix it. You actually create a better relationship because now three months down the road, you don't have to hire someone else. That's going to do the same damn thing anyways. I mean, there's, there's no agency that comes in and just crushes it. You end up getting into some issues, <laughs> you know? I mean, you're gonna, I mean, despite all that, you know, for, for you know our business, I mean, at any given time, you know, we had a ninety-eight percent you know retention rate. So a lot of times higher than that. Some months, hundred percent every single month. Yeah. You know, I worked with over two hundred something clients. Um, that you know agency alone. Um, and I mean, dude, we had people that were with us you know the entire time. You know what I'm saying? And so where the once again, there's a million issues that come in, and, and when you're like us, you're not just dealing with owners, you're dealing with managers. Like you know, there's a million things that we're dealing with. Which, not blaming anybody else right but i'm learning from it that yeah. man i made all these huge mistakes um and one of the biggest ones was is you know in my business came to systems came to processes i had qa like i had like the metrics and you know i got stuck so stuck into having to heal myself that i couldn't i wouldn't spend as much time on the business like you know deep into it like making sure that everybody really understood the rules you know, I, I gave some training, people I trusted, you know, that were sharp. And, you know, ultimately, you know, what happened is I'd build a process, um, you know, put people in charge, go on. And eventually, like, it was just, things would just, you know, break down. People weren't doing this stuff. And then yeah. somewhere else wasn't, and this would break, um, which which is normal, right? Um, or it should happen, right? It shouldn't happen, but, you know, it does happen all the time, stuff like that. But it's really because I didn't put, like, my full, like, you know, effort the way I should have to measure that the stuff was mm. like, you know, bulletproof like I should have. Right. And, and honestly, I just didn't want to, um, I was at a point, like I was just either so miserable in my life that I was just like, okay, well, the numbers are good. So that's all that matters. Right. That's another thing that can be very dangerous because there's a lot of stuff that can happen, even if you, the numbers aren't. And so you can, you know, you have somebody that's working for you that's pissing off all of your clients and you don't know it for six to eight months. I and know, then all of a sudden, is, that, is, that sucks. Yeah. yeah. Like, so stuff like that can happen. Right. Um, and so, you know, the other thing as an entrepreneur, sometimes we think that, you know, we do a good job of explaining everything that's in our head and communicating it. 
um, because like we put time into building these charts, the videos, you know, the processes, the trainings. But in reality, like it's not, it's not always the case, right? Um, and as you grow, for me, like it was a big lesson, you know, having so many people in a company, you know, that was our size. I mean, 30, you know, was a lot, full-time cars. I mean, you know, but it was because for, it, it wasn't, it was, it was cheap, right? You know, so we started uh, our callers. Originally, it was like $500 a month. Um, but, the, you know, they would get raises and stuff. Then we got to a point where the minimum was like, you know, 600 but our average caller was making seven, eight hundred bucks a month, some thousand bucks a month, which is, you know, which is great in the Philippines, you know, especially for that role. Um, but at the same token, you know, it's just it's still a lot of people, right? And so if you think like it was basically, we got to a point where we went from having like at the beginning, it was like for every 15, 20 clients, we had like one person, <laughs> and then we got all the way down to five people for every uh every one caller you know had five accounts that they're managing right and so quality you know worked out great for a while for there but what happened was um we were having weekly client success management meetings right so i had a csm doing that which looking back i mean i i, I probably should have been doing that you know that young in the business but i was just like all right i'm just gonna keep hiring these people keep throwing stuff keep growing the business keep reinvesting money back into the business and that worked for a while uh, until it didn't and i'm you know and going back i broke the number one one of the number cardinal one rules rule. in the entrepreneurial operating system what's that the cardinal rule <laughs> so this is one of them yeah is whenever you build something or solve an issue solve it permanently don't duct tape it Mm. and so what happened and sometimes I, I just, that's get ri getting rid of somebody sometimes that's changing an entire system sometimes it's changing a process you know it's fixing for the long term not just for how you're going to get by today on the issue right and so and so for me um i just uh you know over time i just honestly was so miserable at myself and i think i just kind of hated what I built anyway. And like, I just was just like, you know, I'm just going to let things slide, let this happen. And it's not like I didn't see it happening. Um, and like, I, you know, would warn the team of stuff, but I just got, I got to a point, you know, like you just get tired of, you know, being upset at everybody and whatnot. And so I just decided, you know what, I'm going to focus on my health and what happens with the business happens with the business. And um, as my health started to get better, I realized like the mess, you know, I had created, um, you know, I said, I, because even though it was a team, like, I feel like, you know, me being the CEO of the company and having the most um, experience and, you know, my business partner, I was more or less like mentoring him, you know, into this business. And, you know, I was supposed to leave at a certain time, but we never hit that, you know, the hundred K a month and recurring revenue, which for me was crazy because, it's like I've, I've helped so many clients do that. I've done it in my own businesses, but in this business, I couldn't do it. Now, you know, um, <laughs> that being said, it was also the most uh, profitable business that I ever ran. Like last year, we were at like 38 or close to, like, I think around 38%, you know, net profit on like 812 grand. Um, obviously, you know, dude, that's not all in my pocket. That's split between me and my business partner. And then you got taxes and then you get, you know, all yeah, that yeah. stuff. And, 
before you know it, you're left, you know, with barely a hundred grand. But, um, but the point is like, you know, if it was just for the money, we'd still be running it today. You know what I'm saying? But you get to a point where you realize like, it's just, sometimes it's just not worth the stress and you're better off just starting over. And for me, it's like all the lessons that I learned in that business. Um, it's like, go start over, do something, you know, easily, but, what I can get back is my health, my mental health. So for me, the next six months is really just about, you know, keep training. Um, like right now I'm training, uh, you know, to win the Ironman within the next 10 years. So I sell myself long goals now instead of short ones like I was younger. Um, that being said, you know, I'll be working my ass off to win the next year, you know, or, or at least, you know, one of them or a, a triathlon of some kind. But um, you know how it is, man. You know, you, you push out the big, the goal but you push out long you know and, and that's one thing i learned is really constructing your dream life is super important and that's not about lambos and mclarens it's never been about like cars and houses for me um you know i did that life for a little bit and it just like sucked paying all those bills spending all that money on that stuff and that's why we left the u.s and just sold it all that's but, why you should buy motorcycles motorcycles are better <laughs> I just got, I'll give me a little, Hey, I, I, I'm getting used to it. You know, just learning on the little motorbike. You got, are you, are you riding your scooter? Level. Do you have a scooter? I've, I've done a couple of times. Hey, I, you know, I, I went to the wrong place to learn. I was at a co, uh, co-larn. Co it was a co-larn, oh. which is right across from Patia there. And you know, it's like really hilly. Yeah. I felt like I ate it like twice, but like, that <laughs> yeah, wasn't a good place to learn. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't get hurt. Though. Well, you know what? That's okay. If I'm going to share this, I've probably got a hundred thousand miles on us harley davidson's under uh, harley davidson miles under my tail and i've probably got twenty thousand on a scooter I've, I've scootered all over the world and i have a scooter here i don't know i think i showed it to you my old scooter that i have here so i if They're you don't about uh, crashing the bird, man. <laughs> I, i'll tell you this I'll tell you this though, if you don't feel comfortable on a motorcycle, don't try to press it. It's not for everyone. It's not an ego thing. It's nothing. It's if you get on, you don't feel comfortable. Bro, just stop it right now, bro. I'm learning. Uh, okay. You can't talk me out of it, but okay. You know, it, well, here's the rule. Here's the rule. Don't pull the front brake. So in, in Thailand, the difference between motorcycles that are like a Harley Davidson or something is that if I were to pull the front wake brake, there's enough weight that doesn't collapse the actual wheel. And so mm. Harley Davidson, you can slam that front brake and it'll go do, 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 right? But when you're on a scooter, it's a very small front end. And so if you to go to make a turn and you pull that front brake, it'll slide out from under you. So the biggest thing is to feather the front brake and then feather your back brake. But that's just uh, some old experiences of me almost dying in Thailand. And I can tell a different <laughs> story. So what's new? What's what's the next thing? I mean, we've got this. Are you taking a step back and saying, you know what, I'm going to regroup? Um, do you have any business ideas that you're throwing out there? Because that doesn't go away. So what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, I don't just got business ideas. I got like business ideas with like, you know, branding already ready to go with the concepts. I mean, that's just I have like full funnels built that I've never used, man, that I've you know, I've either written full copy for or paid other people for. Um, it, it's crazy the amount of stuff I have. And so that's that's one of the big things um, that I've really learned, you know, over especially the last six months, really three months. Is how truly capable and powerful 
we are as human beings. And when you truly realize like that power we have inside of us, that energy, you realize there's really nothing that you can't do in life. And, you know, and that's kind of going back to the point, like I said before, once you start making money and stuff and you realize like, that's not going to solve all of your problems. You know, it's like being like going to school to be a doctor or they say, right. You know, somebody goes to school to be a doctor because their parents say it's going to be awesome. They go to school to be a doctor. They kill themselves in the project, just like entrepreneurs, right. A bunch of crazy stuff they have to go through for a long time, about 10 years, you know, eight, 10 years before they really learn, which for me, I find like that eight, 10 years is what a lot of entrepreneurs have to go through um, for them to really like, you know, get their teeth sank in and really understand the, all the different aspects. Right. And when I say entrepreneur, I mean, somebody building something that's bigger than themselves, you know, with the team and employees and, you know, true leadership capabilities. But, you know, the thing is you learn, you know, through all of that, you know, through working with all these people, you know, building these teams, going through all this entrepreneurial journey, and, you know, for me with that, the physical, you know, different things I've had, like, you know, um, twice in my life, you know, I've lost, you know, lost weight, you know, gained it. Um, and you realize, like, as soon as you just, like, decide, like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, that's, and that thing that you do, and as long as you make it truly about, like, what you, like, who you are and what you enjoy and not, like, just what you've been preconditioned and programmed and told by your family and the church, your parents, or whoever the heck once you discover that person in life i think that's truly when life begins um because you're no longer living life you know for everybody else but everybody else thinks and it's not in a selfish way at all you know by you living like what your true purpose and passion is in life like that's how you end up serving and helping others the most by being your true self um i think it was like with a carl young he talks about um Carl Jung, Young, I think it's pronounced Young, but um, yeah, he uh, talks about like the mask, and then your shadow self, and then you know mixing those two together, um, which I don't necessarily agree with like all his fine details, you know, and everything, and maybe some of the conclusions that people you know find, which I find like that's the difference of belief systems, right, between philosophies and religions and stuff. It's they all kind of believe very similar things, but it's like what's your ultimate conclusion from that, right? And I think that's what we all each have to decide in life. And that's where we have to be, um, I think, healthy um, physically and mentally, um, because the more the healthier we are, the more that we can, you know, hear and feel our body. And what I let, I, I call it God, to be honest with you, um, because to me, God, you know, the truth, the absolute, like that's what, you know, there's something inside of you that created, you know, everything that tells you what to do, your inner voice, your consciousness, you're a Christian, you might call it the Holy Spirit, right? But you have this inside of you which knows like what's right from wrong, right? It's like when you got a headache, you know what I'm saying? Like let's say you're smoking a bunch of weed and you start getting headaches. Well, it's probably a you know good idea to stop smoking weed for a while. You know what I'm saying? Your body's trying to tell you, hey, like you're overdoing it. Um, you know, same thing like you hit your foot against, you know, or stub your toe against a desk or something. Well, you're going to get that pain signal, right? And so like that, that's communication, you know, that's, we were created, in, you know, intelligently, this world was created intelligent. I don't care what you believe, you know, I don't care, you know, it's like atheists now, right? They'll say that, um, you know, that, oh, I'm an atheist, but I believe that we're in assimilation. Okay, so then what, God's a nerd then? It's just, you're just using a different name, you know what I'm saying? 
So whether you want to call it the spiritual realm, quantum physics, the fourth dimension, fifth, sixth, seventh, like there's all these different terms for the same stuff, which is what I'm trying to say. And once you realize that, that like, dude, like it's not me against you or this crook person against this or this race or cops versus, you know, the civilians or the Democrats versus the Republicans or the Chinese versus America. It's nothing to do with any of that stuff. All that stuff is the outside shit that every that this world, the system, the matrix, if you will, that's what it wants you to think about all the time. It wants you to think about money all the time and all this other crap. So you can forget about who you are and what your purpose is on this life. Well, I mean, this has been an incredible uh, episode. Again, another round, man. I always like getting on to and hearing your story, see where you're at, share kind of the challenges, the victories. How do they find you, man? Yeah, absolutely. So if you go to, um, by the time this podcast come out, it should be available, salvatorestefano.com. And then if you go to that website, you type in forward slash M-O-V-D. Um, crazy enough, uh, what I'm going to be doing here, you know, Jason is giving away everything I built in the agency, absolutely free to you know, all the other digital marketing agencies out there, entrepreneurs, whoever. I'm not saying it's gonna be pretty. I'm not gonna say like I'm gonna like make it all super nice for. Them. I'm not gonna do all the work that's food feed you, but it's SOPs, processes, systems, software we use, like all kinds of stuff, bro. That you know I could easily sell for thousands and thousands, but I don't want to, man. Like that's you know what I wanted. What you asked, what I, my plan is in life now. You know I'm taking it easy for a little bit. I got a yoga retreat in Cambodia coming up, but what I really want to do is honestly work with people beyond money um, because I believe money is just kind of like energy, you know, like when, once you understand other things in life, you know, like your mindset and you know, certain things spiritually and, you know, some of the things that we were talking about earlier, um, once you understand those things, like you understand what's truly important. So for me, you know, I just, my whole life was about, or most of my career has been just about making people money. And for me, it just it hasn't been a good experience overall. It's not that there's anything wrong with money, right? It's not good or evil. Absolutely not. And it's very useful and helpful to have. But if, you're cre- if your mindset and your creativity is, you know, is just stuck on money, I mean, there's way more creative ways to get shit done in this world. And you don't need, you don't need money to get anything done. You know, that's just a limited mindset belief. Once again, not saying I'm going to go out and not have any money for the rest of my life and not you know, do anything to make money. But the point is, like, you know, a lot of times, all you gotta do is talk to somebody. Right on, talk man. to somebody. You know? This has been yeah, a great yeah. episode, and um, Sal, I've enjoyed it. Go ahead and get a hold of Sal. You heard the domain forward slash movd, and uh, appreciate you, man. Put another one in. So this ends our <laughs> second episode of Buddy Sal. One thing I want to share with you guys really quick is that there's incredible episodes that are before this episode as well. Sal also has another episode on there, but there's incredible people that have been on this podcast. So just like Sal, there's incredible people. Go back there, take a look at them, like, and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks again, Sal. Thanks for coming on Move. If you like this episode, make sure you smash the like button and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just like Nike is to athletes, Move is to entrepreneurs.